G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. The name Yom Kippur came about over a period of time, and it's just the tradition now. And Yom Kippur means day like Purim. We learned mm. about the Feast of Purim. Yep, with Esther. Yeah. The story of Esther. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. Yom Kippur is the Jewish Day of Atonement, the sixth of the seven mandatory festivals of the Lord. As with all of these festivals, Jesus, our Messiah, fulfills every one of them. Over the next few programs, we're going to learn how he fulfills the Day of Atonement. You know, all of the feasts have the parallel where you can look at them and go, oh, wow, Jesus fulfills them in all of these different ways. Yom Kippur is one of the more obvious ones. It becomes very, very blatant the more you learn about it. Yom Kippur is also the holiest and the most solemn day in the Hebrew calendar. And you you mentioned that it was number six out of the seven mandatory feasts of the Lord, and it was actually instituted in Leviticus 23. Actually, just as a complete aside, when Yom Kippur is happening in, in Israel, it's like the entire nation shuts down. Like mm. everything, buses, trains, TV, everything shuts down. Wow. Everything shuts down. And that's why Israel was a bit of a sitting duck during the Yom Kippur War. Their enemies decided to attack oh, them. Wow. And the only way they were actually able to rally was through the old-fashioned um, you know, sirens. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they wow. couldn't even ring anybody. Everything was shut down. So just as an aside, it's so solemn and it's so serious that the entire nation will shut down. Of course, the army doesn't do that anymore. They stay (laughs) alert. They've learned the lesson. They've learned their lesson well. But as you say, the feasts of the Lord really represent in a number of different ways uh, the plan of uh, God's redemption for the world. Absolutely. Actually, once we get through all of them, we'll be able to look back and just recap over each of the seven feasts and you go, wow, that is the plan of redemption, Mm. all fulfilled through Jesus the Messiah. It's quite amazing. We've talked about this many, many times, but man's greatest predicament is that he is sinful and therefore he is separated from God. God is holy. He cannot abide sin. Now, because God knew man would sin, he instituted this plan of redemption. And because God can't tolerate sin, he had to make sure that the plan of redemption would provide this means of being reconciled to the human creation. Reconciliation. It's a politically correct term these days, Mm. but God invented the concept. And the face of the Lord, of course, reveal this. So when does Yom Kippur actually take place? The 10th day of the Hebrew month of Tishri. The first month of the annual Hebrew calendar, but it's actually the seventh month in the religious calendar. Gets a little bit confusing. We talked about Rosh Hashanah, which is the Jewish New Year, the welcoming of the king and the preparation, the starting of this preparation of repentance, welcoming the king, but there is this process of repentance. And that starts the 10 days of awe at Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year. The 10 days of awe lead up to Yom Kippur. 
And these 10 days is meant to be personal reflection, personal preparation and repentance for all the wrongdoings and all of the sins that have separated people from God. And the ultimate, the ultimate goal is not not only forgiveness, but to have your name written in the book of life. Mm, That's the ultimate goal. And we can read about the instigation of Yom Kippur in Leviticus 23, verses 27 and 28, say, On exactly the tenth day of this seventh month is the Day of Atonement. It shall be a holy convocation for you, and you shall humble your souls and present an offering by fire to the Lord. You shall not do any work on this day, for it is a day of atonement, to make atonement on your behalf before the Lord your God. Again, there's this understanding that this is about a substitute. It's somebody doing a sacrifice on your behalf before the day of the Lord. Now, we should note that the details of what took place on Yom Kippur are found in Leviticus 16, but the Bible doesn't actually refer to it as Yom Kippur. So how did that name come about? The name Yom Kippur came about over a period of time, and it's just the tradition now, and Yom Kippur means day like Purim. We learned mm. about the Feast of Purim. Yep, with Esther. The, yeah. The story of Esther. Yeah. And so the story of Esther in just very briefly is Esther goes, well, Haman, wicked Haman, boo, hiss. <laughs> he has this scheme where he deceives the king and he puts out this edict that the Jewish people were going to be annihilated, um, completely genocide of the Jewish people, another attempt. And Esther is asked by her uncle Mordecai to go before the king and plead their case. And she says, well, I can't. It's illegal. If I go before him without him being, without him summoning me, it's a death sentence. Mm. But in Esther 4.16, it actually gives us the account of what happened. Yeah, so she says to her uncle Mordecai in this uh, verse, go assemble all the Jews who are found in Susa and fast for me. Don't eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my maidens also will fast in the same way. And thus I will go into the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. Amazing, isn't it? Mm. Here the, you've got a lady, she's like a substitute. She's this go-between. Yeah. I will go between me, my, my people, and the king, offer my life in the hopes that I can bring about their salvation. Mm. So again, you've got this principle of a substitute. So that's where the name Yom Kippur comes from, given to the Jews regarding this Day of Atonement. And in the, the role of the Day of Atonement, the high priest is particularly important. His role is absolutely vital. And the actual function or the outworking of the Day of Atonement can be a little bit gruesome. Actually, many of the feasts are when you look at Passover and everything, somebody's got to die. Mm. Blood has to be shed. So it can be a little bit gruesome. But the high priest role is very, very important, crucial, actually. So the Holy of Holies is this little tiny room that is situated in the center or the heart of initially the uh, tabernacle. Then when the temples were built, right in the heart of the temple. And this little room was where the Ark of the Covenant and the mercy seat were. And nobody could go in there, not even to dust throughout the the year, only once a year. And the high priest would go in there and he would go through numerous ceremonial washings and cleansings, we would say baptisms, mikveh. He would go into this Mm -hmm. water cleansing, numerous of them. He wore special garments just for this day. He had to go through all this ritual. He would offer a bull 
as a sin offering for himself and his family. His family was the priestly family, Mm. the family of Aaron. And he had to be all cleansed. He had to be all sacrificed up, ready to go mm. in there so that he was clean. And he'd go in with fear and trembling, he would thinking go- <laughs> he may not come out. <laughs> he would go in with fear and trembling. This is a serious, serious ritual or ceremony. He's literally coming before the presence, the very presence of God. And remember, God can't tolerate sin. Yeah. So he had to make sure he was yeah. well and truly washed and clean, sparkling and shiny before yeah. he entered this little place. But he had would take in there the blood of a goat that he would sprinkle over the mercy seat. But here's the fascinating thing. They would bring two goats. They had to be perfect without blemish, but they would bring two goats to the entryway to either the tabernacle or later the temples. And then the priest would cast lots. And depending on which one the lot fell to, one goat would be sacrificed. Its blood would be shed and he would take that and sprinkle it on the mercy seat in the Holy of Holies. The other goat had a very special or specific role. And you want to know what that role is, don't you? I sure do. Yeah, well, well, I'm sorry, you're going to have to wait till next time. (laughs) So we'll uh, keep you all in suspense on this one and we will explore these two goats and understand the term scapegoat as we continue to study the Day of Atonement or Yom Kippur on Foundations. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.